What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Deandre Nicolette. If you're new here, welcome, my love. I'm so excited to have you tuned in for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, y'all know the vibes. Okay, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin', what's good? Welcome back to another episode of Your Fave. So my loves, we have another guest episode today and I'm super excited for this one because I'm chatting with Haley Comet of Haley Comet Astrology. Now I know we've been doing a lot of astrology episodes these days and I think y'all are loving them as much as I am. I know the energy reports have been doing amazingly well on this show and I remember being nervous about bringing back the energy reports because they're so niche. Astrology isn't something that everyone is interested in but it is something that I am incredibly passionate about and I'm incredibly passionate about learning more about astrology these days because I definitely consider myself very much more on the beginner side of things but I'm super excited that y'all are just as interested in learning more about this as myself. There's this quote I forget who the quote is from but it's like millionaires don't use astrology billionaires do something like that but basically the whole quote is about the fact that astrology is really really helpful as a tool in your life to help you map things out. So to understand cycles to understand what are certain themes that are playing out in your life and how you can really take advantage of the timing of your life at the end of the day I do believe in a mix of destiny and free will and I think astrology is like a beautiful way to mesh those two together so y'all heard from a bunch of different astrologers on this show before I know we've talked to Brittany Adams we've talked to Julia Kelly in the past we've also talked to Alice Bell recently and today we're chatting with Haley Comet and I'm super excited this conversation was absolutely amazing. Another reason I enjoyed this conversation was because I've been watching Haley for literally the longest time on YouTube and I love her videos. They are so in-depth. They are so amazing. She just has this like amazing energy to her and so to be able to ask her to come on the show and to actually like be able to chat with her live was such a full circle and cool experience for myself. So I really hope that y'all feel that through the episode and really catch on to Haley's amazing, amazing personality and presence. I think you'll love her just as much as I do. I will obviously have all of her information down below as per usual when I have guests on the show, but I want to go ahead and dive into this episode. I'll let Haley do the introduction. I kind of want to let her do it herself this time because she has such a cool story of how she got her name and how she got started in astrology. So I want her to tell it with her own words. So go ahead, my loves, grab yourself a beverage of choice, maybe some water if you want to stay hydrated today. A little tequila if we try to start out. Girl, I don't know. What, what the vibe is you let me know okay you let me know what the vibe is right now and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode with Haley Comet 
Welcome to Manifest Daily. I'm super excited to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to be here. Yay! I am so glad that you're happy to be here. And let me just say, okay, it is a gloomy day here in Dallas, but as soon as we got on our call, I feel like the sun started to poke through and like show its face. So, you know, just a good omen all around. <laughs> and I love that for us. But before we dive into all of our astro questions, I would love if you could do like a little bit of an intro. Tell us about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So hello, my name is Haley Comet. I'm an astrologer. And I always say that like astrology picked me, which is sort of dramatic, but I was, it truly picked me when I was very, very young. My name was meant to be Shelby. And then I was like really, really late when my mom was like giving labor. Like I was meant to be an Aquarius, but I just held in there. I was like, I need to be a Pisces. I was born at the peak of the full moon. And the midwife was really into astrology and told my mom like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a full moon baby. Like literally full moon peaked at 611. I was born at 611. So my mom was like, oh, I have to name her something cosmic. And just she thought of Haley, like the comet. It's not spelled correctly we'll give her a break <laughs> it's okay um, it's okay yeah we love it it was, it was last minute so I'm like okay so just having that as my birth story I was like oh my gosh what is astrology like ever since I was little I was really into it and so I got certified before I even graduated high school so technically that was my first really wow. degree or diploma or anything of that nature um so I it's my passion it's my life's work I'm so grateful that I get to be in a space where I get to do it as a career. It, it was always just my nerdy little hobby. And the type of astrology that I do and why I really love your content and your energy reports is because I think it's so important as we share these energy, like basically reports, forecasts, whatever you want to call it. I think it's so important to embed. Firstly, I love how fun you make yours. And that's like what I strive Thank to you. do as well. Like <laughs> I want it to be like a conversation, like this is what's happening with the planets. Like here's how you can prepare. And I don't want it to seem like this doom and gloom. I want you to know these astrological forces are happening and you can choose to co-create with it or lean into it or take advantage of these opportunities. I don't want it to be this scary, fearful thing. I think it's a tool to leverage, to live our best life. So I do strive to make my brand of astrology as empowering and as co-creative as possible. I love that. And I love that you mentioned that it's a tool. I actually was having a conversation with another astrologer yesterday. It's, it's an astrology focused week. Okay. And, love it. you know, we were talking about that, about how sometimes, especially when we talk about some of the bigger trends, it's like a Saturn return specifically. I, I am starting my return this year. And, you know, there's always this like conversation where people are like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the worst like couple years of your life. Strap in, get ready. And they make it seem like it's something to be afraid of versus like you said, leaning into that energy. And of course, not everything is going to be ease and flow, but that challenge is meant for us to grow, right? And those moments are where we can kind of like show up and be like, okay, how can I actually allow myself to evolve in the, in the face of this adversity or, you know, versus seeing it as something that's going to hinder me from achieving like my best or highest self? hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, when it comes to Saturn returns, like I have so many clients who get married during Saturn returns, start hugely successful business center. Like Saturn, we demonize it often, but I feel very grateful because my main astrology mentor is a 70 year old man. And like, whenever I would come to him freaking out about a transit, he's like, do you know that I've been through this like three times? Like with every wow. transit, <laughs> with every transit, we get wiser. So like you after this Saturn return, like you are going to, you know, have this new like era of yourself and this new wisdom. So it is a rite of passage and some of it is a little bit more challenging, but I love aligning ourselves with it to be like, okay, how am I going to excavate the highest version of myself 
during this transit, during this center return. Yeah. Yeah. And literally my best friend got married, had a baby during her return. So I'm like, you know what? I am, I'm looking at her and I'm like, I love this for you. I love like just the transformation, like literally seeing her go from obviously being a woman, but like into another version of like womanhood is just amazing, beautiful. And it just, it, it has me excited for what's going to happen in my return. Like granted, it's in my second house. Okay. I have sat in my second house. So I, mm -hmm. It's, it's giving, where's the, the money? <laughs> so let's get to this bag. Is the energy that I am showing up to my return with. So I'm super excited for it because of that reason. But you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. like, if you lean into it and just think of your finances in a very Saturnian way, like how am I going to, you know, set myself up? Because again, if we work with Saturn, it's foundation, it's stability, it's business, it's like, you know, yes. everything that you are building and ensuring it's time honored. So I think you have the right attitude moving into it. Yeah. Yeah, and I watched, um, you had a video, was it a Saturn return video? I can't remember, I think it might've been, and you were talking about the different houses and the ways that this can play out in the different houses. And you said something along those lines that really had me think of it in that way. And so I was like, okay, you know, how can I actually get ahead of this, right? And start to get a better handle on my finances. Like, what does that look like? How do I actually start to create a more foundational financial, um, I guess, foundational financial foundation for my business and kind of make sure I'm setting things up correctly, like trademarking and LLC and all these different things. So I, I think you're right. It's, it's how we approach it is how we look at it. And instead of being super afraid, being like, let me actually lean into this and be productive about this and be, you know, um, just approach it in a very like adult like way, very a serious way, but still understanding that it's life and we get to have fun and yeah. So I do want to get into a bit more of your past because you mentioned obviously born on the full moon, you had, uh, your mom had a midwife that was super into astrology. So how did that affect you growing up? Like, was your mom like really into, I guess, like the new and full moons talked about astrology a lot. Like, how did you actually hone that interest a bit more to get to the point where you are now? So what's actually so fascinating is that they, my parents are not into astrology at all. I truly think oh, wow. the universe, the universe just needed them to be a conduit for that in like that particular moment, because, you know, in that particular moment, obviously that was part of my birth story. And then it was like, never really talked about because my parents are very religious. And in my mind, in my mind, I think when I think of God, when I think of, I'm like, well, God created the planets, but I understand that, you know, there's, there's a whole thought about it. So it's not necessarily their cup of tea necessarily. So it was, I literally think the universe was like, we just need them to temporarily be open to it so that we could share this birth story. <laughs> and then, then that was it. And so when I kind of nurtured the, like, again, that birth story was told to me. So I was like, there's gotta be something there. Like I was like, what, out of all the times we've born, why did I hang in there waiting for the full moon? Like there's gotta be something there. So I dove into understanding the lunar cycles into understanding how a lunar cycle really impacts a chart, which I feel like, isn't that talked about? Um, and I think it's so important. I'm like, okay, you know your moon sign, but do you know your moon phase? Like it's a deeply important part to your chart that we don't often talk about. But so that I kind of was my nerdy little passion. I would read anything that I could get my hands on about astrology. I, there was this computer game called Astro Girls, oh, RIP Astro Girls. It was so fun. And like, that was what I would do when I was like eight years old. Like even every sign had this like cute little outfit, like the Pisces girl had pink hair and this like blue yeah. bodysuit. Oh, she was so fabulous. I love it. it. So, it's giving Sims, mm -hmm. but like astrology yes. Sims. 
Is that oh the vibe? Okay, love that. It's the vibe. <laughs> it's the vibe. And they were all so fun. They had their little games. It was just like, when I look back, it's like all of these threads of why, like even when I was on my school newspaper, I did the horoscope section. I was just like, there's all these threads of it. And I don't know if you felt this to be true within your case, but I feel a lot of times when we're younger, we know our passions. Like we know what it is that we are meant to do. Oftentimes when we get older, we can get like off track about it. Like sometimes when you think back to, oh, I used to love, you know, playing with the camera. Like no wonder I want to be in front of a camera or, or however. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's little threads of like us knowing our purpose. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I've been able to hold on to that part of me that was always fascinated by the stars and the cosmos. I never once thought I would do it as a career. I don't know if you've observed this, but the the dialogue around astrology has changed so much. Oh my gosh. Like I didn't even talk about it in high school or anything because it was nerdy. And now people are like, what's your big three? What like, it's so popular. It's gotten, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that because I didn't think I could do it as a career. It was just nerdy little passion. And then when I was in college, I always joked that I, I essentially minored in astrology because I lived in a house with like a ton of other girls. So I would read everybody's charts who I could get my hands on. I would read charts just to be able to afford <laughs> food for the weekend. So I was just reading, reading, reading. And then after I got out of college, um, finally, I was like, my mentor always told me, he's like, after you read 2000 charts, that is the rite of passage until that you can start, you know, charging or, or stepping into it. So I was like, okay, universe, I'm going to, you know, put myself out there. And if I'm meant to be doing this work, like meet me halfway. And if not, it's fine. I'll ship paths. And so far it's been really lovely. So I'm very, very grateful. Oh my God. I love that. And I love that you, you talked about like childhood and how that plays into this, right? Cause a lot of times, you know, people will ask like, how do you figure out what your passion is? Or how do you figure out what your purpose is? And I think it, you're exactly right. Like looking back to what fueled you and lit you up in childhood. And I think sometimes too, when we're growing up, especially as children, if we don't have maybe caretakers who want to encourage a certain passion of ours, we can kind of pull away from from it because we're like, oh, you know, I don't want to be judged for this or there's no money in this work or whatever. But I love that you like literally kept going with it and you made that path for yourself, right? You co-created with the universe. You were like, I'm going to do what I can control over here. Meet me halfway and like, let's see how this goes. And here we are. Yes. And it's like, it's so fascinating because it comes up quite often when I'm reading charts. It's all like tell people when I look at their chart, I'm like, there is such a gift. Like you are a storyteller or like you are you know, this, this, you have this artistic lens. And so often people are like, oh my gosh, I used to actually love to write stories when I was younger. Or it's like certain things that they're like, oh, I forgot that lives within me. And like me as an objective observer of their birth chart, I'm like, nurture that. That's what you're, you're here to do. Nurture that talent that you know is within you. But oftentimes we talk ourselves out of it. It's not, it's not realistic. It's not what have you. And it's like, it's just so important to nurture those talents and abilities. Because when you look at a chart, it's like, but what if I told you it's like the exact magic that you are here to give to this planet? Like, would you nurture it then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And then also to another thing to remember is that it doesn't always have to be so literal as well. Because I remember when I was younger, I used to love playing like teachers. I would set up my stuffed animals in the room and like teach them all the different things. And let me tell you, there was a lot of drama at my school. Okay. All the little stuffed animals, they were hooking up and doing this and the other. It was messy, but, but I was there. I was the objective teacher and I was teaching these students. Okay. And now it's like, I, 
I love teaching and it's, it's not that I, you know, see myself going into like an elementary school or middle school or even a high school to teach, but it's like through my podcast, I feel like I'm teaching. It's just in a different way. So even as you talk about someone who's like a storyteller or maybe a writer, an artist, it's like, what does that look like for you now? Like, how could you align yourself with that specific magic and talent? And maybe again, not so literal way. An artist doesn't mean you have to sit there and paint or draw. Like you can, you can create art in different ways. So I love that you bring that up. And I, I think that is definitely amazing. I ha we have to like coordinate a reading for me. Okay. Cause now I'm like, I need to get a reading by you done because you got to tell me some things. Okay. <laughs> me sitting here. I'm like trying to figure out your signs like so badly. I'm like, what oh, wait, I'm I so curious. <laughs> wait. Okay. So I am a Taurus sun, cancer moon, Aquarius rising. Love it. Okay. I was like, yeah. I'm feeling some air. The Aquarius rising shines so brightly through the way that you, you do your content. Ah. Love it. Oh, and Mercury and Gemini also. That, okay, love that it. may also have something <laughs> to do with it as well. But yeah, yeah. So I, I want to tap into, you kind of touched on this a bit about like the benefit of astrology, right? And the way that we can use astrology as a tool. So what are some of those benefits that you find, you know, even in like your everyday life or with clients that you encourage them to use astrology as a tool in their life? Yes. So one of my favorite ways to use astrology outside of kind of unlocking your talents and abilities to can kind of like nurture those passions. Also, timing is such a beautiful usage of it in that when we tap into our transits, we can understand like certain cycles that we are in. So it's like, why would I prioritize this year towards like hustling and trying to find my soulmate when it's such a powerful business year that I could like really set up the foundation of what it is that I'm building. And when I relay that sort of information, sometimes it gives us that validation that we need because we can be stuck in indecision around, oh, should I do this? It's going to be successful. But knowing that the cosmos is meeting you halfway, it's like, hey, Jupiter's in your second house. Like this is the time to be open to different streams of revenue to find you. Then it kind of just gives us that push to be like, okay, this will be the year that I will, you know, set up that business or let's say, and it, and it's, it's fascinating because oftentimes vibrationally, like we, astrology is something vibration, like we can feel it. Like I'm just here to validate what it is that you could or intuitively already know, like feeling within your own cycles. Like, I don't know if you've experienced that just with, you know, numerology, astrology, you're just like, yes, I've already been feeling yeah. it and I'm leaning into yeah. it. And it just kind of gives this objective third party that kind of like bolsters that. So I think it's brilliant for timing. I mean, I think it's really, it helps us feel a little bit more confident when we launch something for business timing or, you know, saying like, I've had so many clients who've come to me and they're having all this like summer love vibes this year. Ooh. And I'm like, if you do not prioritize, like if you are not out on the town looking cute, like finding your moment, like, you know, and it's, it, it gives us that space to be like, okay, this summer is really opportune for romance. Why would I like force my way upstream with something? It's like, I think of it as this delicate dance and this delicate flow around understanding and aligning. Like, why would I hustle and force when there is this gentle flow of where it is that the cosmos want to take me like I just think it's a it's a smarter way of utilizing your energy and bucketing your energy towards where it'll be the most supportive and magic occurs when you align with the cosmos I'm telling <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's so, that's such a beautiful way to put it. Right. Because it's like, we, we have that free will and we can do anything at any time. But like you said, if you want to be more efficient, work a little smarter, tap into some of that magic, it's like, let's see what the timing is in your chart and what the, what, what's happening and like align with that. If, 
if it makes sense for you. But I want to go back a second and just kind of have a, a little bit of a definition here for us, for anyone listening. What are transits exactly? Yes, great question. So essentially, you have your blueprint, which is basically the screenshot, you can think of it snapshot of this guy at the moment that you were born, that'll never change. That is your past, present, future. That is all the bad habits that you've left in your past, all of the themes you're working with currently, and all of the talents that you'll excavate in your future. It tells you so much. If you are under if you're trying to understand what in the year 2023, what you should bucket your energy towards or what is happening, you would look towards transit. So what transits are is the current cosmos and how that is interacting with your blueprint. So where the planets are essentially aspecting your planets, essentially making conversations with your planets represents certain themes that'll come to the surface within your world. And the houses are the life arenas that it is transiting. So I just want you to think of transits as just basically where the cosmos now are interacting with that blueprint, representing certain challenges and blessings ahead within our year and how it is that we can you know, navigate with it. So one thing I just want to share, because I did notice that you're a Taurus sun and Aquarius rising. And for anyone else who's listening, who has a lot of fixed energy, so I'm just going to repeat those signs, Tauruses, Leos, Scorpios, and Aquarians. I just want to let you know, 2023, you guys are coming out of a major cycle for the last, you guys have been under it for the last two and a half years. I'm so excited for the fixed signs, literally, because it's been really, you know, challenging. I know you're moving into your Saturn return, but I will highlight like, you know, fixed signs have had Saturn in their modality. They've had nodes in their modality. They've been asked to do a lot of work and I'm real excited for them in 2023 because it's about peace. It's about integration. It's about rebuilding, building stronger. So uh, attuning to those cycles oftentimes. So if you've been going through the last two and a half years and you're a fixed <laughs> sign out there, just understanding, oh, that's why like Saturn was having me do this work and understanding that you're moving into a cycle, which I also feel can be sort of healing and it could be validating for what it is that you're moving through and healing to be like, okay, there is an end date. Like there is a time when it won't feel like it does right now. And that heaviness can kind of eases up a little bit, but I'm super curious for, you know, all of the fixed signs, like you said, as we're sort of moving into a bit more ease, what does that then mean though, for those of us that are going to experience something like a Saturn return? Is it that things ease up and then they become a bit more challenging? Is it that if you prepare well for your Saturn return, you know, it's not as challenging? I guess, what does that look like then? Yes, great question. So when it comes to the energy of Saturn, it can be very positive as we highlighted earlier. It's about responsibility. It's about maturity. It's about essentially up-leveling your life, right? particularly if it's your Saturn return. If it's a Saturn aspect, so essentially now Saturn is entering Pisces, which is going to mostly impact my Gemini loves, Virgo loves, Sagittarius loves, and Pisces loves, you guys are being called upon to do this Saturn work, which is essentially, it's about leaning into the challenges that are coming up, essentially reaping what it is that you have sown, again, which can be in beautiful ways or more harsh ways. I will say if you're fixed dominant and you're moving into another Saturn transit, there is going to be, I will just highlight, you know, for you, a Taurus sun, Jupiter enters Taurus at the end of the year. So my Tauruses are moving into a lucky period, which is nice. So you're going to feel that. Thank God. Yes. And you guys deserve it. I'm oh excited. My Please. <laughs> And how I like to think of it, if you've already been doing a lot of Saturn work and you see, you're like, okay, Saturn aspected my sun, uh, Saturn aspected my ascendant, and now Saturn's coming from Mercury. I want you to think of yourself as like a Saturn 
expert at this point. Like I think of it as life school and that you are doing the Saturn work, but the more Saturn transits you get under your belt, the more well-versed you get with the energy around understanding, okay, I see you Saturn. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to be really intentional with my actions. Cause again, I don't want us to fear the cosmos. That's why I'm really passionate about communicating about it in the way that I do. But I do think with Saturn, you don't have to fear Saturn. You don't have to like Saturn, but you must respect Saturn. Yes. Saturn, <laughs> yeah. Responsibility. So just understanding if you know that Saturn's on the horizon, understanding, okay, let me make sure I'm not doing anything shady. Like if I didn't want everybody to know about this, let me make sure. That's why harsh Saturn transits are typically when politicians get like their stuff exposed. Like Saturn will expose you've been doing shady stuff. So I always say if you're moving into Saturn transit, just just keep it cute. <laughs> Keep it clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep it classy, please. <laughs> Keep it classy. Keep it classy. Because Saturn's coming. So you can work with it or work against it. But I don't I don't recommend making Yeah, I was just gonna say I do not recommend making Saturn an enemy out of all the planets. Work with it, trust me. Yeah. And I love that. I, um, my focus word for 2023 is discipline and I, mm. I it's very fitting, very, very fitting. Yes. <laughs> so it's also, um, a personal year eight for me in numerology. So I don't know if you're familiar, I've been watching a ton of videos on like personal years and personal year eights. And I know it's like, you know, a lot about like, again, the karma, the hard work, a lot of like business, that kind of stuff. So Yeah, very fitting to have the word discipline for this year. But I would love to chat about some of these major transits that are happening in 2023. I know you did a specific video on it, which I will remember editing. DeAndre, remember to link this in the show notes because that video was amazing. I think that's the one I commented on too to invite you onto the the podcast. But I would love to know, so like, what are some of the major transits that we need to be aware of that are happening in 2023? And like, what is this overall energy of 2023? if If you could sum it up in like maybe one or two or three words. Okay, so the overall energy that I would dial in is initiation, kind of an intense word, I'll expand on it in a moment. Initiation, patience, and foundation. Those are the words that I would pick and I'll expand on these. So initiation sounds very intense, but I'm going to describe why. Um, So we are having, in March, 2023, we are having Pluto enter Aquarius. And this is, it's not there all year. It literally gets into Aquarius and it's like, wait, never mind. It goes back into Capricorn, but it'll continue next year. And I just want to highlight, we as humans will not experience Pluto in every single sign. Pluto moves so slowly that we will only experience Pluto in a handful of signs. So if you chose, I do believe that we picked our charts to a certain extent for the lessons that we are here to learn or what have you. If you have Aquarius placements, you are having a Pluto transit. And I've had a lot of Aquarius placements who are like, oh my gosh, that seems intense. And and I want us to reframe like, okay, you were picked by Pluto. Like you came here to have an Aquarius placement in order to have this Pluto transit, which to a larger extent is helping us usher humanity into the next era, which sounds intense, but truly the Aquarius placements during this time. And again, this, this transit will occur for the, until 20. 44. So it's a two decade long thing. So it's not like you guys all, all the Aquarius risings out there, all the Aquarius of Sun, things of that nature are going to wake up on March 7, 2023 and be like, oh my gosh, it's time. This is but it. I will, <laughs> this is it. This is what we came for. 
but it's a two decade long period of essentially the energy of Aquarius is about innovation. It's about essentially power to the people. It's about ushering humanity into the next era. And so to an individual level, Aquarius placements are being picked to essentially be the leaders or to help usher us into this new time. And also just societally, there is this, this focus upon innovation. I will just say Pluto and Aquarius, whenever I tap into this energy, it just feels like there is going to be so many developments and innovations during this time that of things that were like, you know, our children will be like, I can't believe you did life without that. Like, I really think we're moving into major scientific technological innovation. Like last time Pluto's in Aquarius, it was the first time that you were able to purchase flushing toilets. Like think about how interwoven that is into our experience, like flushing toilets, like that's everywhere that you go. So I think we're moving into a ton of a lot of innovation like that. And with Pluto and Aquarius, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I think to be able to, because Pluto is moving from Capricorn, which is the archetype, again, not coming for Capricorns, but it's the archetype of big business, of essentially government, of authority, of the status quo. Like Pluto is moving from Capricorn to Aquarius. So I do believe in an archetypal sense, power is moving to people, humanity, right? And I think it's, that's why I chose the word initiation, because it's almost like we're getting a preview to those themes in 2023. Again, we're doing this work until 2044. We better go comfy with Pluto and Aquarius. But it's sort of like a foreshadow around the work that we are going to be asked to do and how it is that we are being asked to kind of unite together to build the world that we want, um, which is important with Pluto and Aquarius. So that is why I picked initiation. <laughs> and then foundation Good things come to those who work this year. Um, when it comes to the astrology of the matter, we do have some supportive influences. We have Jupiter sextile Saturn, which is nice. So they're kind of like helping one another. And I love that your word of the year is discipline because I'm telling you just with Jupiter entering Taurus later this year, this is slow and steady growth with Jupiter sextile Saturn. It's like Jupiter is expansion and growth. Saturn is slow and steady. Like I am telling you, my loves, like whether it is, you know, halfway through the year, beginning of the year. In 2023, just lean into this influence around slow and steady is how your success will come your way. Okay. So it really is about to get to the dreams that you want. It's about the work that you've been avoiding. Like, you know, I do believe that things can be a flow, but just with this energy of slow and steady, it's essentially asking us to just kind of show up consistently and allow that momentum to put you in a more positive direction. Like, you know, it really is about discipline. So I love that is that is your word of the year. Mm -hmm. Super, super powerful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what you mentioned about like the slow and steady and obviously, you know, that relation to Taurus as well, you know, it can be very easy, especially in the world that we live in today for people to want things to happen very quickly, especially when it looks like it happens quickly for others. Um, or at least that's just kind of what I tend to see when I, you know, on social media, of course. And it, it is, you have to remember, like, obviously you're not seeing all the things you're not seeing, maybe the hard work behind the scenes, you're not seeing certain privileges that someone may have been awarded. So 
it's easy to come to your own conclusions and assumptions of how they got to where they got to. But I truly just love that mention of discipline and consistency because the way that I see it is like if you continue to put in the work, right, and you're you're continuing to be consistent and disciplined, as long as you're moving forward, you're moving forward. Okay. It might take you a couple of years, it might take you a couple of decades, but like if you are truly committed to that thing, you will get to where you need to be in the time you need to get there. So mm-hmm. that's it, period. <laughs> but then it is something I have to remind myself all the time. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Especially just in everything that you see, just like, yeah, social media and like overnight successes and things of that nature. And I just want to highlight, and this might be especially because, you know, you're you're coming out of Saturn trans, moving into your Saturn return. Like Saturn is the planet of time. And it's like when it comes to what it is that we want, we think we want that end result, but the human nature is desiring. So it's like, you're going to go, like, I'm sure there's certain things like within your life, like this podcast or or other goals within our life that it's like, we used to want it. And then as soon as we hit that number around, as soon as I have that, it's like a brand new goal emerges. Like we have to enjoy the ascent because we think if only I had that, like if I had that tomorrow, I'd be so happy. But it's like, it's not only about just ascending to that goal. It's also the who you have to be to get there. And it's so much more sweeter when you get to the top of that mountain, knowing you you took yourself there, <laughs> you showed up, like it makes the reward so much sweeter. And that's why like with this year's astrology, like I just feel like there's so much, especially with the earlier part of the year, like with Jupiter and Aries, the, so the earlier part of the year, Jupiter will be in Aries. The last part of the year, Jupiter will be in Taurus. The prior part, if anybody is listening to this and they know that they have something within them, they're like, I have this business within me. I have this book within me. I have this thing within me. I, you know, I'm scared. Just with Jupiter and Aries, it's like this fearless code around initiation, putting things out there. And I really want to highlight this because it feels like the first part of the year, it's about putting it out there. All planets are direct until April, 2023. So putting things out there. And then with Jupiter and Taurus, sustaining it. I just don't want people to feel like, okay, I had this burst of motivation. I want to start this podcast. I want to start this, this, you know, what have you, why isn't this happening faster? Like it, it, with Jupiter and Taurus, it's asking, can you sustain that excitement? Can you sustain it? So I just want to highlight, if you have it within you, put it out there, but also understand there will need to be some consistency towards supporting that vision. Yeah. And especially if you're hoping to build something with a strong foundation and something long lasting and long term, like you want to take your time creating this thing. Like you want it to be sturdy. You want it to be able to last. Like if you build it, you know, very, very quickly. And it's sort of like, almost like the the vibe of like 50 minutes of fame it's like it just gives fleeting energy (laughs) like it comes in it goes out just as quick as it came in and I don't that's not personally what I want so whenever I do have those moments where I'm like oh my god like why isn't this happening whatever you know I have to remind myself of that and another thing that I love that you mentioned is this idea of like we have this goal or whatever but when we get there we are looking for that next goal post it does shift it does move it you know and that's good we're always working towards something right and we're always challenging ourselves but it is important Uh, and I always have to remind myself of this but to really celebrate that success because where I am now with like even this podcast I kid you not like you know this is year four when I first started it was me my mom and Monica listening it was the three of us and I would I would listen several times to try to run the numbers up and they didn't run up because it was just me listening on like the same phone but it's like now it's like each month is like hundreds of thousands of people tuning in so to go from that to where I am now it's like Sometimes I got to pause and be like, okay, yeah, I want the millions and this and that, but let's celebrate where we are now because imagine just years ago, it was like three people and now look at where we are. So 
I think that's just a beautiful reminder too. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And just to be so proud of yourself for showing up, even when only three people were listening. Like I think that version of yourself to show up, have the discipline and you honed your craft and that's why you were able to sustain it. Like when it comes to 15 minutes of fame or anything of the nature, like my chart, I'm very Saturnian. I have Saturn right on my son. So my mentor would always say, he's like, when you are working with a, a a, you know, a, a impacted Saturn, like, you know, fear when things happen too fast, like the codes that you have, if you have a strong Saturn within your chart, which PS in traditional astrology, you would be ruled by, by Saturn in modern, you'd be ruled by Uranus. But anyways, um, I, and you would always say, like, I will take a Saturn. Okay. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm a traditional astrologer. So I would say Saturn, but he would always say, he's like, fear when things happen too fast. Cause like you have longevity codes within you. And it's like, you kind of have to earn your success versus kind of like flash at a pan. It's like, you know, when lottery winners win and they get all this money, but they don't know how to sustain it. They haven't like worked up to that vibrationally. I think the same can be said about anything that we want to build. So this year, slow and steady, my loves, does it have that vision? Because with Saturn and Pisces, it is about putting our dreams to work. Like Pisces is about the ethereal spiritual realm. So it is about making what it is you you daydream about a reality. But I won't lie, when it's a Saturnian sort of year, it's going to take work. (laughs) It's going to take effort. And that's okay. It's it's okay. It's an unfurling of what it is that you are here to do. So not demonizing the Saturn work. Yeah. And not demonizing work in general. Like I, again, I don't know where this, this new discourse of like everything has to be easy came from, but hard work and working hard, being disciplined, being committed, like having challenge, it's a good thing. And I, yeah, maybe it's that Saturn energy, but like, I completely believe in that. So as you're saying like slow and steady and you're like, you know, we gotta, I'm like, yes, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> sign me up. I don't always love it, but, but sign me up. Sign me up. Good things come from that. So, so yeah. 100% because that discourse is very rampant because I do believe when it comes to manifestation, like I do believe following where it is that we do feel this sensation of like ease or excitement or actualization. But oftentimes, especially this year, it's like you have that vision, you have that dream. And it's like, you need to excavate those versions of yourself out of you but yeah maybe this is just us being very Saturnian <laughs> maybe and our people will say like no <laughs> that's the vibe around here okay so if you don't like it maybe it's not the place for you <laughs> so yes I pre- I'm I'm glad we're on the same page with this so glad mm-hmm. but I would love to talk a bit about some of the personal transits so what are some personal transits that me you know we should be aware of in our lives obviously we, we've talked about Saturn return for a bit. So that's a huge one. Um, I think you mentioned Pluto return or would, would the, um, would Pluto going into Aquarius be someone's Pluto return if they have Pluto in Aquarius, right? Yes, but no one would be alive because last time Pluto was in Aquarius was 1776. But I will say who did have a Pluto return was the country of the United States last year had their Pluto okay. return. Cause, and essentially, yeah, it, it's it more so ha- has to do with like countries and things of that nature. But but absolutely, you know, countries and places have Pluto return. Who knows where science will be? Maybe one day we'll have Pluto returns if we live that long. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I honestly don't think I'd want to live that long, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, like, it's just giving like- chaotic. <laughs> I've seen what I've needed to see. Good, thank you. I'm gonna when head out now, grabbing my bags. <laughs> 
No, but so seriously, though. <laughs> the, best, the best transits that I would say to look out for, I want everybody to look at their chart. And I want everybody to pay attention to where Jupiter is transiting. I'll mention the signs in a moment, where Saturn is transiting and where the nodes are transiting. Because from year to year, for a personal perspective, that is where your challenges and your efforts and your growth are the most concentrated. So firstly, I want everyone to find the Aries portion of their chart and the Taurus portion of your chart. So you'll have to look at a circle chart for this and look at the outer symbols and you'll want to find the Aries symbol and the Taurus symbol. And essentially, it'll govern a particular house. They look like little pieces of pizza. Look at the little numbers on the inner ring. So those are the life arenas. So if you see, okay, I see that Aries symbol on the outside of my second house. That means Jupiter will be in your second house. Jupiter is the energy of growth and gain. So wherever it is that you have Aries and Taurus, co-create with the cosmos and be like, okay, because Jupiter is expansion, it's growth, it's luck. So let's say Jupiter's in third house and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to start posting on TikTok or I've been wanting to start a podcast. Understand that it's going to be a little bit quicker to manifest in that arena. And let's say, you know, Jupiter is in your 10th house, understanding it's more you know, aligned as it relates to career endeavors. Jupiter, let's say it's transiting your seventh house. It's more aligned as it relates to relationships. Jupiter is ease, growth, and luck. So you can co-create with it by putting in some effort to be like, okay, Cosmos, if you're bringing me blessings in this area, how am I going to align myself with it? Because I always joke, I'm like, you can't just stay in your bedroom and think that, you know, the Jupiter in 11th house energy is going to find you like 11th house is friendship. So it's like, if you know that you have this expansive energy in friendships, you have to you know, put a little effort in, but just know that the cosmos will bring you really aligned friendships. Like Jupiter is just where we could experience major blessings, major growth. So aligning ourselves to be like, okay, how is it that I want to consciously expand my intuitive abilities if Jupiter is in my 12th house, so on and so forth. So looking at the Aries and the Taurus portion of your chart in the year 2023, next year, it'll be in Taurus and Gemini. Um, so lucky territories of your chart. And then the Pisces territory of your chart is where it is that you're going to have to put in this little this work that we're talking about, our, our Saturnian chat over here. With Saturn, you could experience some challenges within that arena. Um, but again, foundational challenges, thinking long-term around who is it that I want to be? How is it that I want to show up as? And how can I build the foundation of my life to align myself with it? So like, let's say someone has Saturn, you see that Pisces symbol on the outside of your second house, like understanding, okay, maybe I shouldn't go do this get rich quick scheme or say yes to doing this scam. Like, let me think long-term. Let not me the think scam. Long <laughs> yeah, not the scam. <laughs> not the PPP loan scams coming back. Oh my God. That's karma. So it's like, Messy. if you, yeah, I really would like encourage when it comes to Saturn, it's like, think, okay, before I take this PPP loan and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily need it or what have you, like, I don't want to scare anybody, but with Saturn, just thinking what, what could come of this? What ramifications? And how do I set myself up as soundly as possible? <laughs> the mention of Jupiter and Aries, I believe minus third house. So it's fitting with the podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. I, I was just like, yes. Like it almost at first was kind of like, okay, this isn't as exciting as I like 
want it to be but I'm like no it's actually I think it, it is exciting enough <laughs> so so I love that and um I also want to say for anyone that you know wants like an easy way to look at this um I was recently put onto the Chani app and they, it has like that circle chart you don't have to pay for the app to see it and it does have a really good visual where you can see exactly what we talked about so like those pizza slices the numbers and then it has the symbols of the signs and then the actual names just in case you're not good with the symbols so you can see like okay you know what's ruling what house and then um, if you're curious about what house, you know, what the house number represents, just a quick Google. So like astrology, third house, what is it, you know, rule or what does it represent? And that that's usually kind of Googling your way through it and figuring it, figuring it out that way is super, super helpful. So I love your breakdown of that as well. Thank you. Absolutely. And just thinking the Aries and Taurus portion, think growth, gain, abundance, expansion. So Jupiter in the third house, sharing your voice, like with Jupiter in the third, whenever I have clients who have Jupiter in the third, typically there's a big uptick when it comes to their, their stats, as well as putting out really, really great content, which is really nice with Jupiter in the third house. And so the, yeah, so I'm excited for you. Love that. And then with the Saturn, just understanding no fear, but just looking at that arena and saying, okay, how can I, how can I set this up to really withstand the test of time, right? So if someone has Pisces in their seventh house, it's not that you're going to go through a breakup, but it is asking, are you and your partner aligned? Is this connection built to last? Because I'll tell you something about Saturn. Saturn will not take away anything that is meant for you. Like Saturn essentially just kind of tests the different foundations of our life to be like, what is built to last? And it's really fascinating just to kind of loop it back to the Saturn returns. So anybody who looks at their chart and they see that they have natally Saturn and Pisces within their birth chart. So if you're around 28, 29, um, 30 years old, and you see that within your chart, you're undergoing like you are your Saturn return. And when it comes to Saturn return, oftentimes when I meet with clients before, you know, they can be like, oh my gosh, my life is falling apart. I, I lost this, this job and this relationship fell apart and things of that nature. Again, no fear. But then I talk to them a year later and Saturn just like, whoop, and put them right back into their better timeline. Like, oh, I like, you know, I broke up with this person who didn't have a car and I'd like drive him around. And then I met my husband, <laughs> like anything of that nature. Like it does yeah. sort of take, take away what is not meant for us. And it, it's not mean, it does require patience, but oftentimes at the other side of that, it's like, wouldn't you want your life to be on the best possible timeline with who it is that you're meant to be? So I just want to say, if anybody's looking at Saturn and Pisces, where it is in their chart, and they're like, ah, like it's in this arena. I don't want to like, you know, lose something in this arena. Saturn will not take anything for you, from you that is not meant for you. And I know that's sometimes challenging when you're in the thick of it, but it's just so fascinating being an astrologer and getting to talk to people after. And they're like, now I got a baby, two dogs, a house. Thank you, Saturn. But in the thick of it, it can be kind of challenging. Yeah. Yeah, no, that and that's a beautiful transition there because I did have a couple of questions about Saturn and you answered actually most of them. But, you know, to sum it up, what you're saying is like as you're going through your Saturn return, it's sort of like you're going through a period of just the testing, right, of testing the foundations of things that are not necessarily aligned with the, the long-term plan or your destiny fate, if you believe in that or whatever, those things being removed and replaced with things that are better aligned for you and, you know, are going to help you in sort of the next coming chapters is what it sounds like. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like with Saturn's test, like the brand of, you know, Saturn's test that it gives is that, you know, Saturn is that professor. It's that teacher who does not round your grade. Like Saturn makes you put in the work. It makes you study. It makes you do all these things, but it will give you a reward at the end. Like he will give you that A, like it will, it will be better at the end, but it could be harder because you'll be studying harder than you have before or working harder or being like, oh, I thought I could pass this test, but this arena of my life wasn't actually built to last. But Saturn, it's it's harsh, but it's not cruel. It will set you up at a better foundation so long as you lean in to the test that it's offering. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to not lead into the fear. Okay. We've talked about this. Yes. I'm doing my best because again, mine is second house. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very much, you know, <laughs> it's a little, mm-hmm. little scary to think about, but Again, also good to think about the the foundations that I'm setting up at this moment. So, yeah. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Yes. And may I just tell you this? Because I think this might give you a little bit of peace. And anybody else who notices that they have Saturn return in the second house, my favorite client example, and I have permission to share this because this is one of my favorite stories. So one of my clients had her second return in the second house. Obviously, the second house is just one that obviously prompts a lot of fear. Um, it's, it's the house of money, obviously, possession, self-esteem. And moving towards it, obviously, there was like a lot of anxiety. And I was like, honestly, this can be an amazing because she was in a space where she did feel that she was being very, very underpaid and undervalued in many arenas of her life, like in her relationship and her job and all of these things. So she set up during this time, this consultancy, like business. So she was in a particular job, was being underpaid, set up this consulting business during her son return, the second house. And I just said, go slow. You know, so the first year, I think she made 40,000. The second year she made four, wait, I'm always bad with numbers, but four, 480, hundred thousand. So four, eight, zero, 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 zero. And then the next year she had a team of 15 and she had this huge oh business consultancy business. I'm telling you. And that was like during her Saturn return. So the first year was like, it took some time, but it was like, she really, so with Saturn return, it can be this amazing time of like really up leveling. It will have you work around. Okay. She had to get all of her LLC, all of that stuff. And the first year, you know, it wasn't, it, I think it was less than what she was making, but it's like, she was building a more powerful foundation to get to her financial goals. So as will you, as will you, I am, yeah. I have utter faith. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. No. And, and that is, that's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing. And I think those stories are always super helpful to you because it just kind of helps you to see the possibilities, right. And helps you to, to see what is out there. Cause sometimes when you're in the thick of it or looking at it from your own perspective and what you've seen in your life around you certain things don't seem possible like you want to believe they are but you need you know here an example and I think that is absolutely amazing I am doing a lot of the foundational things and it is very scary because it's a lot of money going out <laughs> to do a lot of these things and not really a lot coming in and so it's sort of like having to have that faith of like or faith of everything that I'm, I'm putting into this, it, it will kind of come back when it's time for it to come back. So thank you so much for sharing and congrats to your client. That is literally amazing. So yeah. Yes. We need more Saturn return success stories out there. I'm telling you, we need to put them out there because I just have so many. And it's like, I feel very grateful. I don't know if it's because my chart is very Saturnian, but I feel very grateful. As I highlighted, my astrology mentor, much older than me. So like he would always, I think there's, you know, a certain sort of experience that comes from having this under your belt and like him being able to tell me like kind of what transpired for him. Like, I feel like we, we demonize what we don't know. And oftentimes if we are really avoiding these Saturnian themes, like, yes, it does make us grow up. It does make us, you know, adult. It does make us do these things, but like understanding that we kind of earn, we earn that wisdom because we've kind of like worked for it. So we can, we can co-create with it. So no fear about Saturn return. I'm over it. <laughs> no fear. We're here for it. We're inviting it. We're excited for it. And all good things, all good things. So I want to head into like the last section of our conversation and it is about systems. And I specifically wanted to talk about the difference between whole house or whole sign system and Placidus, because on your videos, you mentioned this, um, pretty much every video you say that you use Placidus and you talk about how someone can sort of find uh, where um, a certain planet is transiting in their chart based on, you know, the system that you use. But if they don't use that, they can just do like rising sign and figure that out as well. 
But what is the difference between those two? And I kind of want to also ask you, why do you use Placidus versus whole sign system? Great question. And I think it's super, super important to kind of dial into. So the difference of it is that when you look at your chart, you'll see on the left-hand side, it says AC or rising or ascendant. What that means is that's the sector of the sky that was rising in the east at the moment that you were born. So let's say you were born around dawn. You'll see that the sun will be in that sector because the sun rises in the east. If you're born at noon, it will be at the top of your chart. If it, you're born at sunset, it'll be setting in the west. It's essentially just a snapshot of what was rising in the east what was setting in the West and the highest portion of the sky. So when we look at the ascendant, it's basically the sector of the sky because every, essentially every sign has 30 degrees of the sky. So let's say you're an Aquarius rising. Let's say your Aquarius rising is at 19 degrees. When we see the little numbers in the chart, it's just saying it's like GPS coordinates. It's saying that's the particular arena of Aquarius that was rising in the East. And that's, that's the rest of your chart. That's why you have Aries in the third house because you have Aquarius in the first because that's the the rising sets the first house. Are you still with me? Does that make sense so far? I am with you. I am. Okay. Yes. Okay, perfect. So that essentially sets the chart. So from that rising, that portion of the sky that is rising, we set the first house, that's the life arena of self-identity, second house, money, so on and so forth. It sets these houses. The fundamental difference between Placidus and whole sign is that with whole sign, let's say it's 19 degrees Aquarius, that's where the, the, the essentially rising starts, that's where the first house starts. Essentially, in whole sign, we would just make the entire first house, which is self, which is identity, we would make that entirely ruled by Aquarius. So we just plop Aquarius entirely there, second house entirely Pisces, so on and so forth. It makes it entire. I get jealous of whole sign astrology because it, it truly makes it much simpler. So I do recommend for any astrology newbie where it's like, it's just too much. Your brain is exploding. You're like, oh my gosh, take it step by step. Whole sign might be a little easier to work your mind around at least at first so that you can sort of dial in. Okay. If Saturn's going to be in Pisces, that will be my second house. I don't have to look at the degrees because here's the other version, the one that I use. And I use simply because I found it more accurate. If, if it was a perfect world, I would use whole sign because it, <laughs> it makes things way easier. But in Placidus, what we do, so I said that you're, let's say your rising is at 19 degrees. That's the exact portion of the sky that was rising in the east. So we would put the last portion of the Aquarius um, in the first house. So we would take 20 to 29 degrees Aquarius because every every degree goes zero, zero to 29. And then also some Pisces would come into your first house because that's the next sign. So the fundamental difference of Placidus is that Placidus, you'll have more than one sign in a house. So let's say if you use Placidus, instead of Saturn and Pisces just being like neatly, okay, it's going to entirely be in my second house, like you might have some Pisces in your third house, but then you'll want to consider, okay, the first portion of this transit, so maybe for the first two years, I'll be dealing with second house themes and the last half of this transit, I'll be dealing with third house themes. It makes it a little bit more complicated in that regard. I teach that way, study that way because my mentor was that way. So I do feel like at times, like he always empowered me. He's like, use whatever house system alliance for you. But obviously I studied under that. So I was partial to it. I recommend looking at your chart in both ways. For me, my whole sign chart does not resonate. My whole sign transits does not resonate. Placidus, it does take a little bit more of calculus, calculation, but I'm telling you like the results, like I find like it's more exact when I do my transit forecast around really being able to dial in, this will happen on this particular 
<laughs> month or what have you. So that's why I utilize it. Again, the cool thing about astrology is that there's many different modalities. There's much, there's many different history when it comes to it. So I never say that one version of it is the best. I just highlight that's what's worked for me. So within my videos, I always give a little tutorial before I talk about every new moon, every full moon, every transit to show you how to find where it's impacting both in whole sign and placidus because it just wouldn't be integrity for me to teach a system that I don't personally like utilize, but I encourage you utilize whole sign if that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say the tutorial that you add into the videos, super, super helpful. Like I know you, you do the, um, the screenshot and you kind of show how to count and find the things that it has. It's something that I use when I watch your videos and often I'll end up clicking the one that says likely Pisces ascendant instead of likely, um, Aquarius ascendant, because every time and i've noticed it's like every single video when i look and i and i find where something is transiting it's always uh aligned with the pisces ascendant description of the transit versus the aquarius ascendant description and it has been accurate for myself so thank you for that for the tutorial for the explanation and yeah how like are there other i'm sure there are other ways of reading the chart as well besides those two right yes there is actually a ton there's coach i think is what it's called k-o-c-h there's equal houses like there is a lot of different modalities yeah there's a lot so if you really wanted to there's your draconic draconic chart um which is essentially a karmic variation there is the cool thing that i love about astrology is that there's always more to learn like i remember i went to this conference and there was a woman there who had a uranus return banner and if you have uranus return like i said pluto return we probably won't be alive we'll be alive for our uranus return most likely so uranus return happens when you're 84. so this, this individual was 84 wearing her uranus return little sash and I had a chat with her and I was just like, you must know everything. She had been studying astrology since she was 19. And I was like, you must know everything. Oh my gosh. And she's like, honey, I'm just scratching the surface. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, there's always more to learn. So those aren't house systems that I've dove into simply because there's other arenas of my study that I'm, I'm investigating. But I really encourage you, if you notice your ascendant is at a later degree, like you're a 28 degree, you know, Leo rising or what have you, I really encourage you take a look at Placidus because it might be different, both transits as well as house placements and what you're used to. And you might just find different value within it. So totally up to you, totally personal choice. Yeah, amazing. Well, and I think that obviously your videos are a really great place for some someone who is new to Placidus to kind of get that introduction, see if it resonates and kind of go from there. And, you know, it is like that experimentation, getting to learn. It is fun. So, and again, like you said, there's so much to dive into, but I know we're at time, but I do want to ask one more question before you wrap up. And I would love to know what's one of your favorite facts about astrology. Ooh, I love that. So a couple things. One thing is that when we think of our natal chart, we typically just think of it as us, like of our soul, which isn't not the case, but it also represents different people within our lives. So I just want to highlight that within your chart, the sun sign house placement aspects, it represents 
not necessarily how our father or any sort of paternal energy was, but how it was we perceived them. And then our moon represents how it was that we perceived our mother or any sort of maternal energy within our life. Because moon is nurturing, nourishment. So it represents how it was that we kind of received that and how it is that we can sort of give that to ourselves within our world. And sun being ego and identity, it's how it is that we sort of like observe that energy and how it is that we kind of embodied it. So sun and moon represents how it was that we perceived our, our father, son, and our mother, moon. So even looking at it by house can sort of represent what it was that you perceived about mom or like how it was that you were nurtured. So that's one thing. And then I want everybody, this might be a little advanced, but I swear for anybody who wants to find, when am I going to find my soulmate? What's my soulmate like? What is my spouse like? What have you? I want you to find your descendant ruler. Okay. It's going to be the sign opposite your ascendant. So let's say if you're a Leo ascendant, find Aquarius. Um, if you're a you know Taurus ascendant, find, find Scorpio, what have you. It's not to say you literally have to find that sign, um, but you'd find the ruler of that sign. Stay with me. I know this is complicated. You'd find the ruler of where that, that planet, that signs plan ruler, <laughs> ruling planet is located within your chart. So I'm just gonna give some examples. So let's say you are a Cancer Ascendant. Opposite Cancer is Capricorn. So you would find, you could just Google, like we love a little Google, just Google what planet, love a Google, what planet rules Capricorn? And then you'll find, oh, Saturn. So then I want you to look at where Saturn is placed within your birth chart. Let's say you have Saturn within the third house in the sign Sagittarius. Your spouse might, embody those energies. So with Saturn and Sagittarius might be someone who is a traveler, worldly, perhaps not from here. With it in the third house might be someone who's deeply like intellectual, a really strong communicator, so on and so forth. So it represents our, our spouse, really it represents what it is that we're looking for for others. So, and it's kind of fun when you're in a relationship to look at their chart and understand what it is that you are to them. <laughs> It's also sort of interesting. So I do have a series on that. If that boggles anybody and you're like, what are you talking about? I do have a series around that. Um, it's called Descendant is the part that I'm talking about. And it's just so fascinating because like third house is siblings. Like we can find people and how it was that we perceived people within our chart as well. So it's beyond just our own talent, our own gifts, which obviously we love and we love supporting, but we can also represent what it is that we're looking for within connections, sibling relationships, our perception of mom, our perception of dad. It's so much more than just us, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for that. I have watched that series and I did want, I need to go back and like watch the one for Aquarius because I know mine is Leo descendant and I've done exactly what you said as well. So I'm going to go back and watch that. And I will link uh, the series. Do you have a playlist for that one that I could link in the show notes? Okay, perfect. I will link that down below because you explained it really beautifully and I know what you're talking about because I've done it, but I think it's helpful if you can like watch the video and slow it down and rewind and kind of like go through it at your own pace and you know, while you're looking at your chart as well. But thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for this conversation. This was absolutely amazing. Um, I cannot wait for this one to go live because I feel like one, your energy is just infectious. It's amazing. It's radiant. The sun has, you know, left a little bit now 
now, but you, you're still shining bright. You are still shining bright. So I love that. But before we wrap up our conversation, I would love to know where can we find you online and what kind of content do you post? How often do you post? Tell the people all the things. Yes. So I post the most on YouTube. So I post twice a week, every beginning of the week. I used to post on Mondays. Now I post on Sundays. I do a weekly horse soap series. Some may watch it when they're doing laundry, <laughs> but it's called Magic Monday. It's called Magic Monday. I take you through the week ahead, astrology, and essentially co-creating with it. Because again, it's not, don't go outside. There's this bad stuff. It's just saying, hey, there might be like, you know, some people at work who are a little sassy to you, who like are sassy in the emails or what have you, like, you know, being mindful of those energies and co-creating with it. I call it Magic Monday because I do believe we can make these aspects magic if we co-create with them. And I find that's very validating. So it's really fun. I just chat in my little corner with a little cup of coffee and take you through the week. And then I always post an astrology education video on Fridays. Um, I cover every single new and full moon. I break it down for every single sign, every single house. So like, for example, if it's, you know, a Aries new moon or what have you, and you're like, okay, but I know this is powerful for manifestation, but like what? Um, astrology can help you understand which areas of your life are the most fertile. So new moon and full moon forecast. So that's on my YouTube, Haley Common Astrology. I also, you know, share content on TikTok, Haley Common Astrology, Instagram, Haley Common Astrology. I have consultations uh, where if you want to work with me one-on-one -on -one at HaleyCommonAstrology.com. And then my astrology course is self-care astrology com where you can learn not just astrology but also how to care and keep for your blueprint i'm really passionate about like you know understanding yourself and understanding like okay if i was if i was like a plant like how much do i need to water myself like what is the fertilizer i need like essentially just looking at your soul not through the lens around oh I wish I had a different sun sign or I had a different moon sign, but understanding, hey, I'm a cancer moon. This is what emotional support looks like to me. How can I co-create a light that honors that? So you teach, I teach all of the astrology foundations, but also add in some self-care exercises to really like understand the care and keeping of your soul. So those are all of the ways that you can find me, reach me. <laughs> amazing thank you well everything will be linked in the show notes thank you so much again for having this beautiful conversation with me this is amazing and yeah thank you for sharing your knowledge with all of us thank you so much for having me i love your podcast i love the energy reports i think your mercury and gemini shine so brightly and i thank just you. feel so grateful that you thought of me and reached out of course thank you so much What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a 
taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.